Hi, Sin. Welcome to our show. How are you doing? Hi, everybody. Hi, Albert. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. Awesome. I'm very excited about our conversation and learning more about your very interesting story. As you mentioned, you wrote a novel recently. It's called uh, On Mexico Time. So maybe can you tell us more about that and a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, thank you. I did write my first novel. It's called Mexico Time. And it's about my journey from leaving Los Angeles, Hollywood, working in Hollywood, uh, writing and producing film and TV, having a great life there. But I was always seeking more and more and more and made my way south of the border to the good side of the dirt, as we call it. And I found a little town here in Mexico, San Miguel de Allende, and discovered something, discovered myself, discovered some things that I was avoiding while living in Los Angeles. And I'm a much happier person now. And it took a long journey of inner peace, inner, you know, the inner way out. And that's what the book is about. It's about you know this journey that I've taken in the last couple of years since the pandemic. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. And I, I think for some people, it might be obvious what you're talking about. But for some others, they might be like, wow, like, why would you leave all that? This is our dream life, you know, like living in Hollywood and all this fancy things, maybe lavish lifestyle or something like that. So how would you justify it? And before you mentioned that you you had these, this transformation in Mexico, right? So before that, what, what made you make this move before even knowing what to expect there? Well, as you put it, I was living the American dream. I'm half Mexican and half American. My dad's American and my mom is Mexican, but I had never really lived in Mexico. I'd gone to visit relatives, but never lived here. And I absolutely was living the dream that I thought I wanted. And it was it was a rush and it was happy and it was um, a little bit successful, not to the level of any success that I thought that I wanted. But you get to the point when either you keep going and you can push and there's a lot of people that are living a huge successful dream that they had that it's no longer a dream it's that reality it's like that's your life right and I I did have a little bit of that and it was fun and but it was a it was a rat race and something that I think some people are not able to keep it going and something happens when you're in it and you're doing it and any industry, not only the entertainment industry, any industry you're in, especially in big cities or any city, you know, if you're pushing towards everything that you want or that you think you want, it's a never ending 24 hour treadmill. It's like, you're just going and you're going and you're going. And um, thinking you, for me, it was, and I, think a lot of people can relate to this. It's that constantly wanting more and you need to keep chasing that more, maybe for your family, for your kids. For me, it was myself. I was, you know, I, I had my career as my number one. I didn't have a family. 
I had a boyfriend, but I was pushing and pushing and pushing and I collapsed. I had a mental collapse. Also, I had a lot of addictions to keep my life going, to keep um, whatever I was trying to run from, numb from, which was a childhood trauma for me. So I had a lot of addictions going. And I'm sure a lot of people can either relate to that or know people in their lives that that I get addicted to something, whether it be food, alcohol, drugs, sex, appearance. You know, I had a skinny disease, so I had to always be super, especially living in Los Angeles. You have to look a certain way. You have to be a certain way. You have to push yeah. a certain way. And I, I had an, an emotional collapse and it did start with a, an actual breakup, a, a love that I thought was it. And it, was over and I had an emotional collapse, which was a all an existential collapse for me. And I took a trip that to Mexico and and actually I came here first over a new guy, somebody to get me out of the pain that I was in back in LA. And so I, I come to Mexico on a little escape getaway vacation. Find out that the guy that I'm chasing men in Mexico, not chasing, but went yeah. to be with. It was the same kind of guy that a narcissistic kind of womanizing guy. And I'm like, I keep, you know, attracting the same thing that's like two steps forward, one step back. And it was easier to just be done with that guy. But I stayed in Mexico for some time because something happened when I arrived, which was a connection, number one, to my roots that I had never really experienced. And a lot of Latinos living in the United States or anywhere in the world might not have ever gone back to their countries. There's a lot of us. <laughs> and actually don't even speak Spanish. I speak Spanish, fortunately. But a little magic started to happen. And that magic was just a slowing down, a slowing down of my thoughts, my heart, my whole self to the place of where I could actually meditate. I could go to yoga and it was a different kind of experience here, not a exercise yoga. And something just started to happen. A lot of healing started to happen. And then COVID happened where we had to shut down and we had to be, you know, with ourselves ensconced in whatever place we were in with ourselves. Yeah. And so I bought a little place here in Mexico because I had some money. I didn't, you know, want it sitting in the bank at the time. So I'm like, I'll just buy a little place. And I ended up staying here because I was very fortunate enough to be able to work remotely for what I was doing at the time, still working in some form of production for entertainment. But I was, there was nothing, there was no production happening. There was nothing happening. So I got in touch with myself, which I think a lot of people did during COVID. Either you realize, okay, this life sucks. I got to change it. Or you get even more bonded with your family and your nucleus and your people. I was alone at the time and I was alone in a foreign country. And it was still easier to make friends once COVID, the restrictions let up. There's a lot of expats here. There's a lot of foreigners, especially in this town. It's, it's a very, I, you know, it's a beautiful, colonial, old, old town. And I made a lot of friends here. And I made the decision 
slowly. It wasn't a big leap because that's hard to do and leave everything behind and move somewhere. But I, I did it slowly. I would go back to Los Angeles and start to feel this thing like, I, I don't, this isn't me anymore. This is, I, I, I felt like a fish out of water. And in Mexico, I felt like it was a new exploration. There was so not only a new country to explore, I was exploring me in that country. And it was a whole, something just came over me. I, I, I can't, I can't explain it exactly, but I know that I feel it. So, and then at the time, the writer's strike happened in Los Angeles and I had a script that was going to be picked up by a director and then he couldn't buy it at the time. So I was like, well, what do I do? And I was traveling in Costa Rica and I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I can't sell another script. This is how I was making my living at the time. And so I said, well, you know, I'm just going to write the book because that was in my, not a dream. It was very daunting to write a novel because I was comparing myself to all of the great authors that I like to read. And I was like, I can't do it, but it was a bucket list. And I was like, if I can just get this down on the page in my form of talking, my form of just putting it down in my style, I'm not going to worry about, you know, other authors that I can't even compare myself to. But I had my friends start to read it who are writers or producers. And they're like, this is actually really good. It's fun. It's fast paced. It's you. And so I kept going and I did it and put it out there. It's had some great reviews, not only, of course, from my close friends, but I've had a lot of people that I don't know that are trying to make the leap of leaving, having the courage to leave their lives that are not so fulfilling anymore and giving them that little bit of courage to say, change your life, change it, whatever it is you need to change, have the courage to change that, you know, and it was, it's been very fulfilling, especially for people that I've met here traveling. I met a lot of men, but mostly women in this town because it's an expat re- retire, retiree town. It's cheaper. It's a lot of artist community and a lot of women that come and, you know, they've gotten word of my book even without knowing me. And, or then I meet them at a book the affair or whatever. They're like, that, gives me the courage. I want to sell my house. I want to come here. I'm like, oh, you know, I hope that's the right decision, you know, because sometimes we're just running away from something. And if we run away from something and do it geographic and go somewhere else, that thing we're running from will eventually be there with us, catch up to us because wherever we go, there we are. But it's mostly, I see a lot of friends that I've made that are in that same healing process, either they're divorced or widowed or retired and like why am I living where I'm living I can just go somewhere new and have a new life so I think that answered the the question in a roundabout way yeah Yeah, that's very inspiring it's it's a lot and I I feel like it resonates with too many people including myself I definitely have lots of questions about it for you the first thing that came to my mind when you were Saying about numbing, numbing your feelings, numbing your traumas, your your pain. So I think this is a path a lot of people take. And you also mentioned that you had an existential crisis, kind of, in order. It, it triggered you to pursue 
your new self-discovery path. So my question to you is, do you think it takes an existential crisis for someone? It only takes an existential crisis for someone to like kind of wake up and go on this self-discovery journey, or it can happen on their own. Because in my view, if like for me, it took an existential crisis, for example, and but I'm curious for other people, like, will will it be possible for them to find out about that without and stop numbing? Because numbing, you, you mentioned addiction, but, uh, numbing could be done. Well, it's all form of addiction. We can say work uh, is an addiction as well, like being workaholic, uh, pursuing new titles, new, like over overachieving at work or with your body at the gym or whatever uh, way you take i think people usually keep doing like keep pushing more trying to get fulfilled in their life until they hit a brick wall and they can't push further and here the collapse happens so what i'm curious what's your thought on that i feel that there's lucky people that do not need to hit their knees as i call it you hit the point that you hit your knees yeah. in an existential crisis that are seeking and that are able to find it and find that, you know, so that spiritual, I'm not talking about religious, I'm talking about a spiritual connection that fulfills them without the need for an existential crisis. Those are very lucky people. And those are, to me, very advanced people that are able to, to be there and go there without that point of having to hit your knees and have a wake-up call to what you don't even know what it is that you need. And as you said, there's so many forms of addiction. Yes, workaholism, I had that. And body image. I was a exercise bulimic, it's called, in the circles of 12-step programs that I've done, all sorts of 12-step recovery programs. And I call it skinny disease, the need to always lose the five pounds to be look and feel a certain way that was, you know, not the way. And any other addiction, pill addiction is a huge, it's, I mean, that's the biggest is the pills. You know, I, the psychiatrist that prescribes you those pills, those are my, were my drug dealers, right? Uh, And then of course, alcohol and marijuana. I mean, for me, marijuana, I was living in Venice Beach, California on the weekends, Venice Beach. I mean, there's, it's like, the pot, the marijuana is everywhere, every corner, every Seven Eleven. It's it's oh, wow. it's illegal. Yeah. It's legal, yeah. you know, as in many many other states here yeah, in the United States as well. Yeah, so it's legal, and it's what that's fine. So it's all how you abuse it, just like alcohol is legal. So it's all right. how you abuse it, and the numbing effect. I had, I had to numb out some trauma that I didn't even know I was numbing, as I said. You know, I'm I'm upfront about it. My dad is was is a bipolar mental anxiety suicidal with two attempted suicides that killed me as a as a child. I I grew up thinking I wasn't good enough to even keep my father alive, which is a very hard thing to grow up with as a child. So I had to Push through a lot of resentments and a lot of memories and a lot of a lot of self sabotage, and I didn't know where it was coming from. And also, 
a sense of having to be and having that need to have more. I am someone. I have, you know, the power and the money and the prestige, and I need to get it, get it, get it to fulfill this hole that I've been living with as a child, a broken child within my family, you know, dysfunction and learning for ways to navigate and deal with family dysfunction was my healing. So I not only got in touch with myself, there was all this healing of trauma I had to work through and understand because not only do you have this aha moment, you know, it takes a lot of pushing through uncomfortable places. Right. If you have the uncomfortable places that you need to not numb out from. And that's everybody's personal, you know, hell or personal self-discovery, which is a wonderful place when you start to go through it. So I think each person is, you know, a total, totally different. I commend those people that don't need to hit rock bottom to find yeah. a way out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And what you what you just said about trauma, it reminds me of a piece of wisdom I uh, encountered recently. It uh, says that you keep running from your demons. It's like they made an example, like you're running away from a monster, but you don't actually heal until you confront this monster and you put your head inside its mouth and you say, eat me if you wish. And at this moment, the monster will bow in front of you and and you will definitely start healing so that was like a very profound thing i read in a book it's called healing heal your nervous system it's a very interesting book so yeah the next question for you was about your book actually that you mentioned that you had this idea but you were skeptical whether to go with it but you like absolutely followed your intuition right so this is my point here about intuition. What's your thought on that like for people who are who have passion about something, but they are uh, afraid of doing it? Maybe it will uh, yield something. Maybe it will fail. So I think you were in such a situation. And so how would you deal with it? And how would you advise people to deal with that? Well, if you have the inner voice, that's coming from your gut or from somewhere inside of us telling you, you know, just do it. (laughs) And the Nike thing, just do it. Just do it. Whatever that voice is telling you, first, you have to be quiet enough to listen to it because it could be shouting at you and you're still not going to hear it or your fears don't let you hear it. And as I said, I was in Costa Rica and I procrastinated so much. I heard that little voice and said, just sit down and write it. Just just sit down and write it. I had tried to write, to write other books before I got bored with them after the first or second chapter. I'm like, yeah, it's not worth a book. But here I had a beginning, middle, and an end. I had the story. It was my story. So it was an easier thing to put on the page because it was very cathartic. And I had nothing else to do. I mean, what else do we have to do in our lives? Either you're going to do it or you're going to keep living and regret no. that you didn't do it. No. And I, I can't live with regrets. And also, I, I'm the type of person that if I don't do something or put something down on the page, there's a Bukowski quote that I have up on my wall right now. And it's, it's a little dark, but I love it because it, it 
if I don't, if I have a story to tell, or if I have a thought, even just a thought that I have to put on a little post-it to remind myself that day, if I don't do it, if I don't do something, it just keeps going that I, I, I keep having this strong, it's stronger, it gets louder. And then I can't even sleep if I don't do the thing that I have to do. So the Bukowski quote said, I'm reading it from my wall right now. It says, he asked, what makes a man a writer? Well, I said, it's simple. You either get it on, get it down on paper or jump off a bridge. (laughs) And that to me is everything about life. Either you do it or you're going to live like wanting to jump off a bridge, like not happy, you know, not happy or not fulfilled or not doing the thing that is shouting at you, whatever it is that you, that you think you want to do, you have to take the little baby steps to do it. Whether it's a simple, a job change or a, 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 a class you want to take. If you don't do it, you're still living your life every day. Yeah. that's so, right. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it's also important to distinguish the voice if it's coming from an external motivation or internal because some people they have like this intention or uh, drives or motives but it's actually according to external expectations but they don't really realize it but the internal ones are for me the most important as I started discovering that and I found that when you follow the internal voice your internal passion it uh, it come out as authentic like you you are showing your authentic self right and this is this has an immense value to the word because it is your true self it's your true story as it's the case with you for example with writing your story it's something unique you are giving the word value so it's definitely priceless and that that's the thing that we should be pursuing in my opinion so yeah, it's of course. What's interesting, you said, is how do you differentiate from that yeah. self-will, external self-will, or that little higher, I don't like to use the word God's voice, God's will, because, you know, I don't even know what God is. And, you yeah. know, I don't know. I don't even go there. But that higher power, you know, that higher yeah. internal do this. This is... right. Your mission, I'd love to say, your mission, your voice, yeah. your, you're here to do something, whether it's just enjoy yourself or give yourself your authentic self to someone else that can meet you there. And that's a beautiful place where you can meet somebody at your authentic self and not this mask that I used to live in and was yeah. matching with other people's masks. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I think it, this comes only when you drop that mask and you you find yourself like after the self discovery, you find your it comes it comes with this purpose it comes with revealing your true self and you start listening to these guidance guidances and what are they telling you? So yeah, I think this is uh, very profound. Yeah. The mask, I, the way that I, I, I felt it and I describe it in this book is that that moment of like shedding my snake skin. It's like I was shedding wow. from the skin 
Yeah. It was like pulling off me. It was like a visual in mm. my mind. And uh, that was a very profound moment. And I still feel like I'm shedding little bits of that same skin every day in little moments of that trying to stay authentic. Right, right. Yeah, I believe it comes in waves. But yeah, this metaphor is <laughs> very, very strong and true, I think, shedding this skin. So, Sin, as we we are coming to the end of the episode, do you have any final advices for people who are pursuing this self-discovery? And maybe you can give them a little tips from your experience. Sure. Just do it. Just make yourself happy because it starts within. And that happiness comes from inside. And give yourself the moment to feel it. and. Do it because what what are we here for? You know, that's just think of that. You know, I have to think of it every day. I wake up, I'm like, what do I want to do today? What do I have to do today? What makes me happy today? What gives me joy? What gives us joy? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah, that that was very interesting. Thank you so much for this lovely conversation. I enjoyed the talk with you so much. I know. I love your I, your your energy. Like I've told you before, oh, your energy, your yeah. your questions. It's it's been really nice. That's with you. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. So much, Sin. We'll see you in later episodes. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.